just and then they'll just start thinking and then the straight women will start getting really uptight like why do you always have to talk about pussy it's like people you know that that are so god conscious you know what i'm saying like they mean well i'm a buddhist you know we let our guys sit down but anyway i you know hey y'all it's anifa walida and it's red summer <laughs> and we are your gay aunties <laughs> yesterday we have karen williams on the incredibly hilarious karen williams comedian extraordinaire i'm so excited yeah, so am I. <laughs> must have, must have. All right, so if this is your first time here on YGA, your gay aunties, and you have no idea where you are, we are the aunties. Uh, you introduce your new boo to, you know, while your mama, you know, fixing her face. <laughs> <laughs> we are the ones you wait you know, on for either that look of approval or side I wanted. Don't fuck with that. Don't fuck with that. <laughs> Me, you know, we know how to read, read your yeah. booze. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, if the gay aunties like um, then you know that's half the battle. So we them aunties, we them aunties. Absolutely. So You Gay Aunties is a bi-weekly podcast and live show that is centered around queer adulting. So every Sunday we go live on YouTube where we can answer your questions about love and life and all of the complicated details of your good gay life. <laughs> so subscribe below. Subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. And if you miss us live here on Sundays at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, we come to you one more again on Wednesdays for our audio podcast of the same name, Your Gay Aunties, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can always, always email us at yourgayaunties at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram and, you know, just around the internet. We are at... Your gay aunties, you know, you can shoot us a question, you know, just be live with us here in the chat during the YGA post show. You can do so much with us right here at Your Gay Aunties. So now that you know where you are, welcome home, child. We are Your Gay Aunties and we are here for the children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So okay. it is so great to be here for episode 93. Moving on up. <laughs> yes. What has been going on since our last episode? You know, we are bi-weekly now, so we have a lot more time for things to go crazy in this good 2020. Crazier. Crazier. Crazier than like, the last we, crazy. <laughs> what else are we going to put in the pot? What else are we going to put in the pot? First, we'll do a shout out. Hey, Tiffany Marie. and be in the chat. What's up? What's up? That's my home girl. Um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, um, how I've been dealing with the constant additions to the stew pot that is the madness of America. Um, I've been gardening. I have been gardening hardcore. Okay, I'm talking about we have taken down trees. We have made them into mulch. I have repurposed that mulch. I'm, um, I got the whole like the ancestors. I, I, I feel myself calling on the ancestors, like help yes. me get through this flower bed <laughs> and turn this soil. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, I really have been talking about the ancestors and working with the earth and really understanding. And and the earth just reveals so much. And I'm doing simple stuff. You know, I'm trying to make my front, my mother's front yard pretty and just really, it's just a bit of beautiful experience. Um, so that's how I've been kind of, pro I'm using gardening 
to process all that's going on and just being in constant commune um, with my ancestors who I who I know were slaves. You know, not all of my ancestors were slaves, so but <laughs> but oh no 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 but still for real for real for real that's that's been my thing. I, but I've not. I know. <laughs> I've not been able to get grounded. Mm. I've not been able to get connected to the earth as as much as I was earlier in the summer. Like early in the summer, we were out in the woods. We were definitely communing. Right now, we in the streets. We are in the streets with you. Was in the actual streets. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is it's gearing up for election time. And so mm -hmm. they had the, the DNC and RNC um, conventions going on and um, just being in different spaces, watching and or not watching those things <laughs> take place. Um, yeah, it's been it's been very, very interesting um, this past weekend in particular. Uh, you know, we had the shooting of Jacob Blake, uh, who was um, walking to his car after breaking up a, a fight, um, and police decided that he was a suspect. He has been treated like a criminal ever since then. Um, he was shot seven times in his back and is now That's chained, right. chained to his bed. They removed, although... they removed the handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Because yeah. he's paralyzed, they don't really need to do all that. Right? And he um, was never accused of anything, period. What are the handcuffs? Is he under arrest? Right. So that's the thing. You can't resist arrest if you're not the the uh, the accused. Right? You know, when I was watching that, that um, video, the first thing I... Because, you know, I'm big on body language. The first thing I picked up is there... The policeman's... Um, feeling of their inability to control. When I say control, not like he needed controlling, but like when I say come here, nigga, you come here, and that nigga wasn't coming here. And even that when he pulled on his shirt, like it was, it was like a last ditch effort to control what this human being wants to do. And because you are a little weak, little dick, weak kneed motherfucker with a badge, and this nigga ain't doing, he ain't coming here, like you say. You take out your gun. That's always the result with us. You can't think of nothing else. You can't deal with this person not, you know, uh, adhering to your call. He ain't, she's not showing he's violent. He's not showing anything that's threatening other than walking around the car. And he's not coming here when you say come here. Right. And then, you know, conversely, you have a at the protest uh, in Wisconsin around this, you have a 17-year-old who is able to walk down the street with an automatic rifle and shoot and kill multiple people. And and the police never fear for their own lives. The police are never like um, upset with him to the point where they need to use excessive force. They are able to calmly talk with him. They, they shielded him. They gave him water. Like all of these things were happening at the same time. And so we go to the streets during one of the pro one of the events at the White House on Thursday night. Did you, you went to the march, right? Well, this is before the march started. So Trump had um, 
an event on the lawn at the White House, and they had three layers of gates. Three, normally you walk, you go to the White House, you walk up, you get to the gate. But there were two more layers added that you would have to get through in order to have access to the people who were there enjoying their um, their congratulatory rally of how wonderful they are and how great they're doing um, on the lawn of the White House. And so we were out there to try to make that as difficult as possible. <laughs> so we're out there playing go go. <laughs> we wobbling, <laughs> we doing whatever we can. DC <laughs> in the house, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To try to to try to interrupt yes. the 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 thing that's happening. Um, and there was, and I missed this, so I will say this: I did not witness the first occasion. But just after we left, because we owed, so we was out there for as long as we could be and feeding back and neck start hurting, so you got to go back. (laughs) So just after we left, there was a white man in blackface who showed up to that rally and was just walking around like, and I don't know like what his engagement was on the first day, Um, but some of the protesters who were there confronted him and the protesters were arrested for confronting this man who was in blackface, like out at the rally. So I didn't see him the, that night, but sure enough, he showed up at the March on Washington was standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Now today emboldened because he was not, like that nobody could touch him the first night. So now instead of black face, he had black face, black chest. He had no shirt on. His legs were painted black arms, all of this. He is out there. And the people, um, when he comes onto like literally in front of, and I know you all know like what the Lincoln Memorial looks like. So Lincoln's sitting up in the chair and everything. He's on that platform up at the top. And so we see the people yelling literally what looks like they're yelling at the police but because we couldn't see him (laughs) they had to he is standing in front of the police the police are almost like his bodyguards like he's standing there in front of them and they're all lined up behind him and the people like chant him down off of the steps leave our event leave our event and they like they can't touch him Because if they touch him, the police are going to arrest them. So they just swarm around him and like bubble him down the steps and off the mall, all the way off. The police did nothing. (laughs) These, there's so much there, but these are the stories that need to be heard. These are these moments of defiance when I say defiance, I mean this 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 white man, you know, of like of, of trying to remind us that he is protected, that whiteness is protected, or whiteness is not seen as a threat, or if whiteness is seen as a threat, it has to be well a threat to whom? Oh, black people? Oh, that's not a threat. He's just being, you know, George. But um, and also how a lot of police um see white vigilantes as an assist. 
to policing. You know what I mean? Um, this world that, that Red witnessed, you know, the world that we see on TV, all these little incidences, these are not one-offs. This is not just another, like Tiffany Griffin just said, yes, it is another example of white privilege, but now we're seeing white privilege on steroids. Yeah. Or moving towards really chucking down the white privilege pills. And this is, again, why you must vote. When the worst of us are emboldened to be even worse, <laughs> to go willy-nilly. Yeah, and there's there's even conversation that the, the white boy who um, shot the people in the protest is being held in the juvenile center. You have a multiple murder case. He was thanked by the police for being out there. Like he was able to get in his car and drive back to Illinois. You have a multiple murder case. You cannot possibly like justify him not being tried as, as an adult. His mother also being a part of this. Like there are so many layers to this because yeah. the open carry age is eighteen. He's only seventeen. Yeah, and so he was, mother. and just a few days earlier, he was in front of, uh, he was at a Trump uh, uh, rally. Yeah, and so there are so many parts of this where you have to confront that they're in in accordance with the police, like they're 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 backed by the police. Those who show up and say that they're defending the property, um, they are the police. <laughs> they become like like Zimmerman was like he got to be the police in that neighborhood without question and have the same protections they've raised 97,000 or whatever dollars for this man to he's a he he got to be tried as a man oh he right? tried as a man but yeah I'm, but, I'm but saying, our yeah, children that, that, our mm-hmm. our boys become men if they do something right yeah. but they still get to be yes, all this I was watching this cherub-faced, baby-faced boy. He was just, he has aspirations to be a police officer. Well, that should tell you. What he did there shows exactly what he thinks he will be able to do as a police officer. Mm. Mm. What he Mm. aspires to do as a police officer. Mm. And the sense of ownership that these white boys, these white men have over, because he said that he was going down there to protect the community. Get that, this cowboy mentality is old. Manifest destiny is old. This Mm -hmm. idea of we protecting the shit we stole is old. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And this yeah. this is what we're fighting against. This this the, the kernel, the seed of this country. This whatever I see is mine, and yeah. I define who has access to whatever I see. The world is mine. The world is mine. Mine as in white and privileged and male. Mm-hmm. And so, I saw this this meme that says something like, "It's justifiable to murder." in order to protect property or, you know, to prevent the destruction of property, but it's not justifiable to destroy property in the response to murder. Like we don't understand. Yeah. Why are they breaking the glass? Why are they, and these thugs, these horrible people are, are breaking stuff, but these really, really good people are protecting the property with AR our machine guns. Like you don't bring a gun to protect property. You bring a gun to shoot people. Period. <laughs> That's it.
Yeah, because you can protect property with a buckshot. And I say that only because anyone who's a gun owner, and I'm not a gun owner, I just learned it from a gun owner, is that you, you shoot a buckshot first, and there's another kind of shot you can shoot, and you can harm someone, like they really ain't listening, but you won't kill them. That's how you protect your fucking property, not with a, a weapon of war. You know, if, if they take a jar of mayonnaise, oh well. That's what insurance is for. That is not the point. People don't flip cars for no reason. People don't lose their own sense of dignity and start looting for no reason. This stuff means nothing. Life means something. And life is not just when you're born or if you're born. Life is not just, you know, um, life is accessibility to life. Life is accessibility to your dreams. And that's all that we've been asking for since you dragged our ass onto your shores. Anyway, let's, let's move on. To, to, <laughs> well, before we move on, I do want to say rest mm. in peace to Chadwick yes. Bozeman. Mm -hmm. Yes, rest in peace to Chadwick Bozeman. Um, that, that took me by surprise. Um, but he left so much, and even the symbolism in his death, that one of the greatest things he left us was the role of Black Panther and his young acting life, you know, and what Black Panther really means to a lot of us, or meant to a lot of us. Um, so thank you for leaving that with us. Um, and and blessings to his family and his, and his peoples, you know, to yeah. lose someone so young and talented, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whew. All okay. right. So, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, that's <laughs> a lot of catch up I wanted to do, but we we don't we we actually even though we two hours now we may not have time. But I want to say big up to Obama's uh, speech. I have to participate oh. on that at some point in the future because yes. he said everything I wanted to say, but better. Anyway, mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go on, all right, um, to this part of the show that we love because we love to, to highlight the people who follow us, and this is called Follow Me. Um, and today's, or oh, this episode's Follow Me is DJ313 at DJ313. She is a new YGA follower and she is a, DA, a DJ out of Detroit. She married. She's not playing games. I'm married. And actually, um, her and her wife just started a podcast. Um, her wife's uh, tag is sincerely underscore shape, C-H-A-E-B, sorry. Um, anyway, the, the, the podcast is called Bakers. It's about, you know, queer marriage and how they started their family. But this clip um, is all about DJ313. Uh, and I picked it because she ain't just playing records. She's scratching. She's having the records talk to each other. And you don't really hear a lot of turntablism out there. Really, really. It's kind of on the fringe. And you definitely don't see it much with fam. So with all, no further ado, um, this is Follow Me. And this is DJ313. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. 
is uh in the house um so that's a big up it's dj 313 going to her uh um page account and check her out check all that she is um doing and go to her parties and all that good stuff so if you want your beautiful spirit or talent to be featured <laughs> here on the show then just follow us at your gay aunties on ig instagram do your thing and your feed and you know your aunties may be checking in on you no, to be a part of the show. All right? So it's time. It is that time to grab up in there, to get up in there, them, them bag of gems. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I've been rattling my bag. I got some I got, I got some goody ones. I know you got some goody ones, too. So let's do yes. it. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. So, last night, uh, Zami Nobla, which is an organization for black lesbians of a certain age, uh, they did a Zoom screening for a documentary about a wonderful woman that I mentioned to you all in a previous gym, Ruth Ellis. And so, after the screening, Yvonne Welbin hosted a Q&A about the film, and I love Yvonne, and I'm infinitely inspired by her work and so it made me think about some of the other talented black lesbian filmmakers and content producers that I have had an opportunity to cross paths with on my journey so I wanted to highlight specifically for this episode the producers of the black lesbian scripted web series that we know about um, and maybe introduce you to some that we don't know about um, and even in searching these, I found some that I had never heard of and I definitely want to check out. So um, I was introduced to this genre um, with a series called Lovers and Friends. So they were based out of Miami and had a gorgeous cast, really, really wonderful people. Um, so I got to meet my very dear friend, Kissa Joe, while working on that cast. Um, and I think the brand is notable because... Uh, they also attempted spinoffs in Atlanta and Los Angeles. And so next is the Between Women series. Um, this show was based in Atlanta and featured Look Alive, who will be a guest on our show uh, coming up soon. And one of our past guests, Onyx Keisha. 
So they were both members of that cast. And I had a little cameo on the show for a couple of episodes. A little so cameo. so that was good. cute. <laughs> That was look. <laughs> um, and so I had a good time with that show. And then the next um, is Stubville TV. And uh, two of my house children, Tony and Crystal, were members of that cast. And it boasts four seasons of that show. Um, so that's wonderful. Um, Atlanta also had Girls Just Don't Do That by Natalie Simone and B. Danielle Watkins. Um, and Sister Watkins is crazy with her level of content production. She has numerous projects out there that you can check out. Um, I also want to big up the Chicago filmmakers, uh, specifically Cookie Hughes, who is probably listening right now because she is an avid listener of the show. Um, and she also has an extensive catalog of projects. Um, she Wait, had a... Hmm? Cookie Hughes? What yeah. Was the, what was the film she did? She had a film called If I Was Your Girl, which Yo. which also was a film. Uh, she turned into you a web series. Yeah. Oh, no. We got to have her on the show. Absolutely. That <laughs> film. No, because I don't. Because that particular film, there's things in that film that as a director mm. that she was able to, to relate, to articulate. That I was like, yo, nobody know about her? <laughs> yeah. Yo. Okay. I, I, I digress, but. Absolutely. I'm a fan. Cookie, if you, if you listen, I am a fan. I'm she is listening. She says she has listened to every episode. And so we love you, Cookie. Thank you so much for your work and your contribution. Um, also, Milan V. Parker um, out of Chicago had uh, The Lies We Tell and The Secrets We Keep. Um, and then I also want to shout out my homie Blue, um, who had Sky's the Limit. And there was another show in D.C. Uh, called District Heat. Um, those were really, really big in this area. And then you had Dyke Central and 3030 yes, coming okay. from, <laughs> coming from the West coast. So each section, like each area of the country had their own shows. This was a huge movement in, uh, in filmmaking and not even just black queer filmmaking, like really making that, that the, um, the genre of the web series, we got into that. <laughs> black lesbians definitely got into that so i want to shout you it. all out yeah um also so the ones that i found that i want to check out are boys so b-o-i-s um entangled with you n-y-g tv come take a walk with me the les factor and gayborhood dallas right <laughs> so we <Yeah>. even had <laughs> yes Yes, that's what I'm saying. So there were so many that were popping up. And like, even up till today, when I was looking for images for the shows, I was finding even more shows. So I know that with this genre, there were a lot of challenges, right? Um, a lot of our projects were shot in guerrilla style filmmaking. <laughs> um, few of us have real budgets to work with, uh, but we made it happen. And with all of those shows, it was really a result of just the sheer will to see ourselves and our mm -hmm. stories represented on that screen in whichever way possible. So I, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I'm excited because uh, we had spoke about this. I, the, the web series, the idea of a web series or a dramatic web series or romantic, whatever the hell, 
we really dominated that when after started coming out. And I don't think there was enough recognition given um, to black lesbians in particular or, or black queer women or black queer people. Right. Um, and really taking that by the rein and, and being so prolific with so much content. It's like you blinked. There was a new show. And honestly, that was one of the first times I really, really, really saw myself on screen in a, in a somewhat, even though it was mad high drama, a somewhat realistic, like this is a situation I could be in. Like I can relate to it fully. My full body could relate to it, my full beingness. And so I was, I just got into all of those shows for that reason, like you said, looking for, looking for myself, looking for myself. So I also think that these shows have kind of like paved the way for like Lena Waithe being able to produce mm-hmm. 20s, right? Because investors see that this is a viable audience that content is being created, that is being consumed. So I want to make sure that I say to all of you young storytellers, we need you to revive this genre. <laughs> we need you to keep this alive. Like it's it's kind of, you know, falling to the wayside a little bit. We need you to bring it back. We need our stories to continue to be told. We need to hear your versions of the stories now. What's, what's, what's going on with you? <laughs> we want to know. And for those of you all who are in the industry, um, advocate for these stories. Try to push these projects as much as possible. Watch them while you're on break, while you're around other people, around decision makers. Talk about them in your break room. Make sure that people know that that they exist because uh, streaming numbers do exist. (laughs) They are real and they matter. So even if you're not in the industry, just watching them helps exactly and and you know just on, on top of that you know uh uh as st- our stories are important you know just reading a book on directing or just reading a book on lighting mm-hmm. so that we can bring because you can do a lot with a little yeah or you could do a lot with a lot of knowledge and little money mm. okay all right all right that's just i'm sorry you know i'm always going to critique but i want us <laughs> to always do better <laughs> Even though we're always the first ones, still we gotta do better. <laughs> All right, let me move into my jam. I'm my jam. Cause we have our really big jam. Miss um, Carol Williams coming in later on. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm excited. Um, I wanted to share this sister's music. Her name is Stephanie Gale. If you do not know who Stephanie Gale is, you need to get you some Stephanie Gale. Okay. The f- the first thing you will notice is that you may see yourself, like truly mm. see yourself. And then she opens her mouth and you're like, well, goddamn. <laughs> and okay. This is one of the first songstress, um, singer songwriters that not only do I love her voice and her songwriting, but I fully see myself like I've been that wounded butch on the bed. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Okay. All right. So with no further ado, this uh, if you do not know, I it is my pleasure to introduce um, the music of um, Stephanie Gale. Cover 
Okay. 
Yes. Wow. That was good. Yeah, beyond good. You know what but I mean? Like the oh, like the voice is beautiful, the imagery is beautiful. At one point I'm in here like Because ah. <laughs> I've been there. I was like, you know what? How about it's okay to be hurt by someone? It's okay to be oh. to feel this. But you know what? I'm gonna put my coat on and I'm gonna take me a walk. I need to get out of this house. <laughs> you know, and that I'm sitting here looking at this video. I was like, I've never seen a video where I literally can embody the character in the video. No filtering. Even and I'm gonna say this personally, for me, at the point in the song where she walks down the street, she's like, and the woman that I am, you know? And it's like, and being the woman that I am, I have been that woman. It's like, y'all wanna make me everything that what the fuck I say I am. I am a woman. Yes, a woman looks like me, ha <laughs> But guess what, you know? Yeah. And so I really appreciate her, appreciate her standing that ground and really, and strengthening the understanding of the spectrum of what queerness is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and then she's an amazing songwriter. And then that voice. And then yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> and all that. <laughs> you know? So I just really had to share, um, I really had to share that. And hopefully um, we can have her on the show to perform live. I already kind of, I ain't got a front idea. I'm like, listen, girl. <laughs> That's we good. got to have you on, so yeah, she's really open to that. So we're gonna have Stephanie Gale on um, in uh, the future, hopefully before twenty twenty one, if we're still here. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> Let, let's go into break real quick so we can go into uh, the one and only Karen um, Williams. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so real quick plug, y'all. Oh wait, 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 hold on. Let's what's our, what's our quote for um, uh, this break? I forgot what I quote of the, oh, yes, cherish everyone. That's what I get from these older black women, that every soul is to be cherished. Every flower is to bloom. Alice Walker. Yo, these break quotes. I'm just saying, I be digging for them. But we be saying them though. They out there in yeah. plenty, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so going into the break, y'all. I know, like, I thought that was cool, but I loved how Alice Walker was talking about the older women in her life at that time that she yeah. made, and you know what I mean? Like, what she, the insight that she was getting. So, you know, our whole thing is we're trying to connect the, the generations um, so we can work together for our betterment. Yeah. Um, anyway, so real quick plug, y'all. Um, if you enjoy the show and you want to get more involved with what we do here, we are always looking for interns to help with overall production. So if you're interested, um, there's a link in our IG bio, okay, at Instagram.com slash your gay aunties. What? What? I'm saying yes. Come on, intern. <laughs> come on, come on. Come. Yes. And also, come on, come on, come on to our Patreon page, right? So since returning from the break, uh, we've been slowly introducing all the new tiers uh, of our Patreon page. Some of those tiers of uh, are for our listeners and then some tiers are for sponsors right so we've been showing you the auntie stan love and look tiers and this week we top off our listeners tiers with auntie friend so yeah so auntie friend 
uh, has all the goodies from the previous tiers, like having your creative art or yourself featured on the show. But the Auntie Fran tier gets you even closer to us and the show guests. Mm-hmm. See, before each show, right, we uh, we do a sound check um, with whichever guests, you know, we may have on the show. So if you're, um, you know, your, your gay auntie friend, if you were auntie friend, you know, auntie friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> auntie friend. Um, you know, auntie got friends. <laughs> you will get access to the behind the scenes sound check and where you can do a short meet and greet with whoever our guest is for that um, episode. So episode, so you get um, this special access um, in the in an official uh, your gay auntie mask because you know you must stay safe, you know, um, with just a commitment of twenty five dollars a month. So all the earlier that's tiers, it. that's it, that's it. You get that real access, access. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that 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 tier is twenty five dollars a month, um, and you can learn more uh, details about Auntie Fran or Auntie Look, or Auntie Love, or Auntie Stand. Um, at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash gay aunties. Understand our goal with our new Patreon page, y'all, is to find new ways to support the show, yes, but also find ways to include all of you, our YGA community, in the show. All right? So the next episode, we switch gears and then we're going to move up to the auntie tiers um, where we focus on entrepreneurs and organizations in our community. Okay, so if the YGA community uh, is who your business or nonprofit serves, then we've created an accessible way to reach and invest in this community that we know and love. So tune in for our next episode for details, or you can just go to and explore our Patreon page for more details at patreon.com slash aunties. All right, we're done with that. It's time to move on to our guest for the week. <laughs> the one and only incredible hilarious uh, Karen Williams. So, Karen Williams has a unique distinction of being the nation's first openly lesbian black comic. You gotta mix the two because they're important. (laughs) To include specifically lesbian material in her act. All right? Her solo comedy special, I Need a Snack, was filmed live in Hollywood and is a logo TV favorite. Karen Williams has been a featured comic performer um, with Olivia Travel Cruises. We're gonna talk about some Olivia. And resorts and resorts for lesbians since 1990, logging over 200 word 200 cruises in resorts. That is what we call a working artist. That's working. (laughs) Karen's been a ghostwriter at Columbia Pictures, and her comedy writings appear in numerous anthologies, including Joke Stew, Revolutionary Laughter, Out in All Directions, and Out Loud and Laughing. So, with no further ado, Karen Williams. Yay, yay, yay. Yes. <laughs> We're so happy to finally have you on the show. I'm so glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm excited to be on the show. I want to be, be a Patreon person. Yes, with come my on. Ha, with my Ha Ha Institute. <laughs> 
Oh, that would be so, wonderful. You know, we'll talk about that offline. And I already took notes, though, because I'll be one of the organizations. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> we have to support one another. So you see how Nifa and I are all gums right now because yes. we love you so much. Oh, and thank you. we do this work so that we can be a support for our younger generation, but you are our auntie too, right? Thank you. And we love you like that. And so we're so honored that you were able to join us today. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm honored that you asked. I mean, the whole auntie concept is so sweet. It's just very, very sweet. And both of you are sweet people. And it's just a manifestation of, you know, what's inside comes outside. I believe that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right, so let's let's get into it. Let let the people gonna let people okay. know, you know, who uh, uh, you is. All right, so we we really um now how <laughs> how much time do I have? Um, the time is yours. The time is yours. I'm just teasing you. I was being funny. You, yeah. you need quite a bit of time at this point. <laughs> you know, I'm start. I have aunties too, and boy, are we getting long winded. The longer we go, you, you don't you don't ask an old auntie how are you unless you got a lot of time. A lot of time. That's right. Yeah, y'all want y'all want the stuff to be all. No, quick. no. Actually, you know, I'm I'm mm -mm. I'm guilty of being the long-winded auntie of the duo. Ooh. So I'm trying to rein it in. I'm trying to be cognitive of my long-windedness. I think it's beautiful to be long-winded at this point. Uh, we have shit to share. Oh, can I say that? Yes, on the you radio? can. Yes, you can. Trust. We got yeah. stuff to share. If you didn't have nothing to share. At this point, we'd be sorry for you. And much more yeah. time to share it than we used to. Much more time. <laughs> oh, even though, I don't know about you, but I there was a point in there where I was busier during this pandemic than I had been in quite some time. I didn't realize. And, and, it, and what happens with the comedy is live performance just eats up your material. Mm. So I was back to writing. I hadn't realized, oh, I was like getting a little lazy and comfortable there. Just, you know, reworking my same stuff. But when you just, I probably did about 45 shows in maybe three and a half months. I mean, just on, everybody was asking. And because of my Ha Ha Institute, which is devoted to spreading the healing power of humor, People felt like there was a real need for the healing, the real need for what I was offering. So, boy, it was like a blur for a while. Well, tell us more about the Ha Ha Institute then. It's the International Institute of Humor and Healing Arts. And so that's been my mission is, again, like I'm saying, to share that appropriate humor has that the capacity to actually heal. There are people who call humor the language of the oppressed because if you think about uh, people of different ethnic and racial backgrounds have very strong traditions of humor. You know, if you even uh, Eli Wiesel, who was in a concentration camp, when he was asked, how did you survive? He said, empty stomach, all of that. Late at night, they were telling humorous stories mm -hmm. and really getting through that negativity and the harshness of their circumstances. Same thing for African people of African descent. I mean, you know, it wasn't that we were so happy. It wasn't that at all. It was that we were bringing out our resilience and, uh, and, and our optimism through using humor. 
to say that we will have a better day. And this day right here is going to be the a better day for me because I'm going to empower myself. And that's why we're still here. And 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 it's I love that you're bringing humor up humor uh uh into the picture as a a, a means of activism. You know what yes. I mean? Oh, as a part of yes. overall activism, because a lot of times, especially now, or in particularly now, this every day is some shit, right? Mm-hmm. And right. every day is some shit. And sometimes, like we were saying earlier, like I process it by gardening. I got to put it somewhere. I got need something mm-hmm. to help me process it out, or mm-hmm. it just stays in my body and it hurts me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that I I love that you're saying that how humor, how as black peoples or oppressed peoples. Um, have used humor to get through. It is it is a weapon. Well, I remember when the Beatles first came to the United States and they brought, brought the Maharishi with them. Mm. And he would just sit there and giggle. <laughs> and so he's on national TV. <laughs> and people didn't really understand it. They just find some, you know, crazy person up there on a mountain and bring him back here. But the giggling, he was throwing off the energy. Mm. Here's somebody that people are coming to talking about natural disasters and human calamity and and destruction and all of this stuff. And they're talking to him specifically as a, you know, enlightened person. He's throwing that energy off. Wow. So when I do workshops and I say to people, you're having a tough day at work or you're in this kind of almost confrontative uh, situation with a person, you're not going to giggle in their face, but you can, <laughs> that would be disrespectful, but you can internalize a mm. giggle mm-hmm. or you can step away and let yourself laugh. So, so I understand the power of that. I, I, I consider myself a comic activist because I was in San Francisco at the height of the AIDS pandemic. I, um, and, and people like Marga Gomez, that's who was really promoting me. I, we had a real sisterhood of Linda Mokes is a person who first told me about the healing power of humor. We just reconnected last year and went to the National Women's Music Festival together. I had not seen her in 35 years. Wow. And was able to thank her for giving me that gem of the healing power of humor. So 19, 1988, I'm invited to a conference, an AIDS conference in Las Vegas, and the producer says, can you do a workshop? Well, I say, yes, and that's my improv background. Of course I can do it. And I did the most rudimentary workshop, and a gay man was there who had just lost his partner three days before. Mm. And he said to me he thought he would never laugh again. And he laughed in the workshop. So I knew I was on to something. Mm. So I started the Institute then, uh, had a teacher. My healing arts name is Sati Jaya. I studied with Majaya Sati Bhagavati at her ashram. I started on this quest and then I went back to school in my 40s, wrote a personally designed major in humor and healing at Cleveland State University got my master's degree in adult learning and development because I was doing curriculum already and just have continued to advance with my HaHa Institute. So now I'm at Miami University on a fully paid scholarship uh, working on my doctorate. When I graduate, I'll be 72. 
and I am planning to go to Hawaii and open up my institute and bring people over there. Oh, we are coming. Coming. That is my goal. I want to leave the United States, Mm. but I have too many children, Mm. grandchildren, all Mm. of that here. But I'm going by the beach, by the ocean. Yeah. And we'll go out there and we're going to laugh with Yemaya. And we're going to dance on the beach and laugh and laugh all of this stuff away. So when we come back, we're able to continue to fight because it's a a continuous fight just just to live, just to survive. So, you know, this, I, I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you really saying the importance of laughter because sometimes it's, it's so much to laugh doesn't, like you say, it doesn't seem appropriate or, or, or people can't find where they're going to put it. I was like, put it in any place when you're in your lowest, that's when you want to laugh. That's and, right. and it's something beautiful when I've felt extreme pain from a loss or whatever and a laugh would come out, come out of left field, and intellectually, how dare I laugh? Hell but no. my body, it was craving it. My spirit, Absolutely. so it, I had to laugh. And that little bit of a laugh, even though my brain is like, you shouldn't be laughing, you just lost uh, up. You know, as it was so healing. It came with my, I was able to cry and laugh at the same time. And it, it, it is such a, a necessary tool, I guess, which we would embrace it more. Sometimes we're well, really women, tense. women have trouble yeah. with embracing the full range of our emotions. Mm. And most of us were raised with our philosophy was stoicism. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's how we survived. Yeah. You know, my family was poor, so my dad had us laughing at, at dinner, and then I realized, oh, there wasn't any dinner. Okay. So we... <laughs> <laughs> But we got full. He read us Keats. He read us Yates. My dad was a philosopher. And we laughed. And, and then it wasn't until I went to bed. I Did we have dinner? Oh, okay. okay. Well, I guess I had a different kind of dinner. You know, I, I ate philosophy. I ate, you know, love. I ate unity. I ate harmony. I, I, I ate mind expansion. You know? And that's where we get really hung up now is... We forget, you know, what I, I just read so much. I read something by Angela Davis the other day. She maintains that we are in the grips of racial capitalism. Mm. She's constantly talking about what capitalism does to our soul. Yeah. It, it, we, it, it, this, this quest for everything outside of yourself mm. leaves you empty. Yeah. And so then, well, of course, we're filling it with, Food and drugs and alcohol and sex and bad habits and gambling and, you know, doing geographics, running here, running there, because we're not taught to go inside, that you have everything you need to be happy inside of you. It sounds simple to say it, but I've been in the grips. I've had all kinds of addictions, and that's why I know now that I'm at this this place where I'm loving myself Oh, I have such compassion for the fact that I spent so much time chasing mm. out there. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't, it's, it, it's transient. If it was that important, we'd be buried in these fabulous houses, buried in that Lexus. <laughs> okay? If it was that damn important. Yeah. Do you realize we leave all that stuff here? And then people fight over it. Mm. Yeah. 
you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're still trending on the fa- on this thing that, yes, we live in the material world, and it's so blinding now. And the other thing is with the social media, if we're not careful, you know, for instance, it can be said, okay, we're going to find a COVID vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine, and we're going to experiment on black and brown people first of all. It's against the law to do that. There are federal laws in place so that Tuskegee experiments never happen again. Mm -hmm. So that polio vaccines and vaccines are not administered to children in orphanages. There's been so much cruelty in our history, history, that there are now laws in place. You can't, just because somebody says on social media, this is what's going to happen doesn't make it so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, we can go all day. I mean, I, I when I do, and I, I, I'm proud to say that I have not been on Facebook for a good minute for many of these reasons, but my biggest chant is like, can y'all please stop reposting this bullshit that y'all don't check out because it's oh, clickbait. Please. You know what I mean? Ain't none of this, or, or rather, I love my favorite of the memes. The memes that have no citation. The memes that somebody thought oh. they farted out their ass and like, oh, this is true because it's a meme. No, <laughs> my son, my son uh, is a is a brilliant guy. He teaches at Second City in Chicago. Now he's in Los Angeles, and he was talking to me, and he said, "We have these. We just go in." He said, "Ma, when you grew up, what was important?" And he says, "You know, knowledge was power. Mm-hmm. That's what we were taught." And I used to say applied knowledge was power. Mm. He said, do you realize knowledge is king? He said, do you realize that that no longer applies? Because everybody has access to quote unquote knowledge. If you're not a good parent, you can Google how to become a good parent and tens of thousands of sites open up for you that that you can go to to become a good parent. So what is missing? Mm. Execution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Action. Just because you can read about being a good parent, if you don't make any efforts to be a good parent, guess what you are? You're not a good parent. Still. <laughs> and I would even Still. Bounce, I would even bounce on the execution is the practice of execution. Absolutely. I think, I think people say, well, Absolutely. I did something. I said, you ain't doing nothing. You didn't do it long enough. You can try again and again and again. You right. did not hone the art of what you want to be. You just explored it and put your picky toe in the water. Absolutely. Yes. So we, we spend hours on social media. It gives us the illusion we're doing something. Mm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to to get to a, a particular point, can you tell us about appreciative activism? Appreciative activism. Is that a phrase that you, did yeah. I use that? Girl, yes. Because we're talking about doing something, right? <laughs> well, I'm so... I'm so brilliant. I say shit and then don't remember what I said. Girl, you wrote it in the form. <laughs> I, you wrote I wrote it in the form and your gay auntie's form. You know, well, I did study with, you know, with Cooper Ryder, who was over at uh, Case Western Reserve. And he do- talked about this whole appreciative inquiry kind of thing. So I might have just been feeling really good that day. <laughs> and just said, how about some appreciative act- activism? 
Yeah. You know, and it and, that caught and it, us. We were like, yeah. "Ooh, I want to know oh, about yeah. that." You know, we there's a way that there's a way that there's almost um, an inherent negativity uh, when we're talking about fighting for our rights mm. or or being an activist. Yeah. What I maintain, it's a gift to be this wide awake and want to use your time, your energy, your resources to help other people. It's a gift. Yeah. Mm. What would I do at this stage of my life? I've had 49 cars. I've lived in how many different places? I've been all over the world. So what would my life be? I'm going to become this person that just sits and talks about what I used to do and how it used to be and what life used to be like. Mm. That's not helpful to anyone. Yeah. Mm. It, it's, it's, it's more important for me to stay engaged in creating the type of world that I really want to live in, even when it seems like at this time, like it's impossible, but it's not. Yeah. It absolutely is not. Judith Castleberry has a PhD. Uh, Angela Davis went and teaches at the university. Alice Walker's formidable. We are living in a time most of my peers have three, four, five, six degrees. We couldn't do anything else. We couldn't go to the <laughs> bank and buy property. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend of mine who had three rental properties, a professor at the university, and couldn't get $4,000 from the bank to repair one of the homes where one of the renters had just demolished her space. But my next door neighbor who works at a security company and his wife works at the Dollar General got $40,000 to fix their home. How wow. does that happen? Wow. So what does she do instead? She comes, she talks to me. She mentors younger people, makes sure they have access to education and everybody in our realm has degrees. <laughs> at least at least we can give you some formidable advice. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we try to do now. We get the degree of life. If you don't have a degree on paper, you got But do you understand what yes. I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. We have yes. to sit and say, not that that is the only avenue. Mm. I don't believe that at all. Mm. Because I'm now in school with young people, 24, 25, got the bachelor's, got the master's, now I'm doing a PhD, and the young lady said to me, I have no life experience, mm. okay? Then one of them went out, said she worked for two years and came running back to school. They're not prepared to do anything. <laughs> oh, let's go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then people don't realize that college was never intended for you to get a good job. You don't need to go to college to get a good job. You might yeah. need to go to college to learn how to think differently. Mm -hmm. mm. It's called critical thinking instead of making all your decisions emotionally. Yeah, yeah. You might really need how to need to think think differently. Mm -hmm. But you don't even have to go to school for that. Mm. Even if it's a placeholder. Mm. I'm telling you why I'm going because I am Deepak Chopra. I just don't have the access Deepak Chopra has. Mm -hmm. But if I go yes. into Deepak Chopra's realm as a doctor, 
doors fly open, okay? Yeah. That's why I'm going. Yes, ma'am. I need the access. Yes. My institute, I called it an institute for a reason. Mm. It will exist long after I'm gone. Mm. Nice. Mm. Long yes. after I'm gone, I've taken my time to do this thing. And when I when it's set up brick and mortar, it will be there. You know, something I don't want to get into now. We may not have enough time, but you hinted to something that I think is it is a auntie lesson. If you kids, kids, I'm sorry, if y'all children didn't get it. When you're going to school, a lot of times we go to school or the age one goes to school mm -hmm. on the backs of of our parents' ideas and dreams or on the mm -hmm. backs of the things we were told right. we're going to become. We haven't quite learned the skills, with the exception of a few young people, of course, mm -hmm. but we haven't quite learned the skills of what do I want, what exactly does that look like. Absolutely. So when I get into this institution and give them all my goddamn money, <clears throat> that I'm going to come out of this, that it's just a piece in the puzzle that I need to get to where I need to go. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people go to college well, to figure out what that is out. Figure it out. You know, it's a placeholder, yeah. I say, yeah, exactly. It's a placeholder. But what a gift it would be if there was some sort of mentorship um, as you're moving in that stage of life. You know what I mean? To really understand what am I here for other than partying. Well, the interestingly <laughs> enough, interestingly enough, mm -hmm. I'm studying social gerontology. And I am the define, only define, old. Define, define. I'm only the. I'm the oldest person in the program. I'm older than the professors. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if you tell me that you're sixty, and you've been at the university for thirty-five years, that means mm. that from the tender age of twenty-five, you've just been at the university. Mm. I haven't just been at the university. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I know what I add there. And I'm also the only brown face in the entire program. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Wow, you're probably formidable up in that class. And I got a tuition waiver and I'm getting a stipend. So I'm not paying. That's why I'm going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I ha I What we have to do as people and people of color and e and young people is know our intrinsic value. Yeah. Just because we've been studied doesn't mean people know us. Mm, that's, good. Ooh, that's good. We have been studied. Everything about us has been studied. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean they know us. That's a wonderful We've point. been studied as the other. And as long as we're the other, we're not human. Mm -hmm. So suddenly I'm there in a class and I'm human. Mm -hmm. And like the person that Stephanie Gale, I don't have any problem being vulnerable. Nice. Because you don't have any idea what my life has been like. Mm. No idea. I am sitting there in my, they said, they said, name a fun fact about you that you'd like to share. This was my fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> it, during my entire life, there have been five generations alive. I am now a great grandmother, and my mother and father are alive. Wow, that is such a gift to have that many it generations really alive. No, that's like you're wealthy. Like the knowledge you have, like basically a century so, of knowledge. So, am I worried about Alexis? <laughs> mm. No, I drive yeah. a Nissan Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> 
need a lot of seedage. <laughs> okay. Okay, all right. You know, this is this is we're gonna potato this is the start yeah. of you uh, having us laugh. So what we're gonna do right now, we're gonna move into uh the your gay aunties post show and when we yes. come back, we're gonna have okay. the incredible Karen Williams here. She's gonna do a little bit for y'all, give you a little bit of that ha ha <laughs> Auntie Karen literally <laughs> come at my neck because she has been speaking facts the entire interview. So I've just been over here doing claps, hitting, you know, doing these, hitting a couple of yes and everything. It's been annoying. And Kiara just graduated with your master's, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go, girl. Go. Yeah. Go. Now, don't be disappointed when you take it and go to the bank. I'm already there they still may not give you that loan (laughs) you you ball your fists up you stamp out and you go get you a doctorate (laughs) don't be a little bit though I know I'm just teasing you I'm just teasing you it took me all these years but but ain't nothing but time nothing but time yes yes. All right, so we're going to give you a little time Miss Karen Okay. uh, to make the people's laugh so, all right, we've introduced you so many times, but <laughs> now it's just about you, ladies and gentlemen, children. Uh, we want to introduce our auntie and yours, comedian extraordinaire, the incredible, hilarious Karen Williams. Oh, thank you so much! Thank you so much. I'm just excited to be here literally be here. I mean, you know, I don't have to be here, but I'm here <laughs> and I'm enjoying that I get to still be with all of you. I, I have time now to just think, well, you are in between eating. You know, I this COVID-19 <laughs> has everybody. I, I've been on a snack fest. For, uh, since I've now become super exploratory around snacking. No ordinary Ritz crackers for me. That's too passe and, and old school. You know, I've now discovered you know, incredible snacks, like gourmet snacks, like the, like the cheesecake, you know, that's in the uh, little package and has four different types of cheesecake. (laughs) Like there's the brownie cheesecake, the plain New York cheesecake, the cherry cheesecake, and the caramel cheesecake. And so, you know, I'll have it there and it looks like I mean to share it, but absolutely (laughs) not. It's not for sharing. And some people get an ad to, well, there's four slices. Okay. Yes. I have four hours. That's a slice <laughs> an hour. Okay. So, you know, and there's, you know, I'm up and I'm doing shows and doing all this kind of stuff. But anyway, I digress. So people, you know, will say to me, they'll look at me and they say, Karen, you don't look like a lesbian. And I have to tell them not with my clothes on. No. <laughs> And so it's because it's tough being it's tough being a lesbian. It's tough being a lesbian. You know, the men get to be gay. Now, doesn't that sound like they're having fun? Doesn't that sound cheerful? Gay, gay, you know, 
And, and that sounds like fun. So how come we can't be married? How come it couldn't be the gays and the marries? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Then it wouldn't have made it wouldn't have been so troublesome to come out. If you went to your parents, I don't care how backwards or how much church they went to. If you <laughs> went to your parents and said, I want to be married, oh, they would be praising the Lord. They'd be like, oh, that's, 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 we, that's what we wanted for you. We wanted you to be happy and gay and married. That's wonderful. Instead, instead, we have to get we have to get all our courage up. We have to get our guts up. We have to say, Mom, Dad, I'm a le I'm a le I'm a lesbian. And they look at you like, what do I need to take you to the doctor? Is that a foot fungus? What is that? It's just too much. They just can't even bring themselves to it. My dad would get an attitude. Why do you have to call yourself a lesbian? I don't know. I don't know. And it wasn't my it wasn't my first choice. I, I I couldn't just come out and say a pussy eater, Dad. Now could I? I just couldn't. So we have lesbian. And that's the word that we're kind of uh, stuck with. Of course, many people call themselves Ooh. queer. Um, I, I prefer to call myself employed. But anyway, uh, <laughs> everyone wants to know. Everybody wants to know, what do we do? And I have to admit, I'm as confused as anyone else. The first time I heard, who's a top, who's a bottom? I said, what are they talking about, pajamas? I, I can't figure this stuff out. I, it's just too much. And then... And then we worry too much about the top and the bottom. And, and I've got to tell you, at this age and stage of my life, no, nobody's getting on top of me. Not as much as I'm eating. Come on. <laughs> Get off of me. You know, we have to just do some side to side shit. No. Get a, you know, and at least then, at least if it's side to side, she can still watch CNN. You know, and, and so, it's just, it's just. You know, and then we have to navigate the butch and femme stuff. Well, let me tell you, people, these days, everybody looks like a butch, okay? We all got mustaches <laughs> and, and, and beards, you know. I, it looks, it, my neighborhood looks like Mishfest, you know. It's just like, you just can't even tell anymore uh, who's the butch, who's the femme. And, and frankly, as we're getting older, we're starting to look like our pets. So it really, it really doesn't matter. Oh, you know it's the truth. You know it's the truth. When people say, I was on Facebook the other day and somebody was looking at the ass of their dog in a video and saying, uh, this is the love of my life. You know, I could only pray for that person. I just felt such deep <laughs> compassion, empathy, sympathy, and sorrow, quite frankly, that you're, the love of your life is a four-legged beast that eats out of a bowl on the floor. Oh, come on, people. It's got to be about... Now, I don't mind. I don't want people to think... See, this does, This kind of stuff doesn't get wild laughter because, because you know, lesbians, the Marys, are cat and dog people. They just... They're cat and dog people. You will not find a cat person getting with a dog person because they're totally different. The, 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 the dog person is a codependent, needy person because they need that dog to come up. Licking them and, You're licking me after you just licked your balls. Get away from me. You know, but you know what I'm saying? Cats, cats, I was a cat person, I have to admit. Why? Because cats don't give a damn. Yeah. 
I would be going for a week on a cruise coming and she was like, be like, why are you back? I was having <laughs> such a good time. You know, you really didn't leave me enough water, by the way. So don't be pissed off when you go to the bathroom and it's a little wet in there, okay? Just, uh, what did you expect me to do, really? I mean, yeah. Okay, I'm going to, uh, later for you, goodbye. You know, cat. that's why I like the cats. The cats just really, uh, but anyway, I digress. I was talking about... You know, and the whole coming out thing for us is really, uh, again, I would have preferred to be a Mary. Instead, I actually tried to come out as a butch. I know I'm going to let that sink in for everybody. I, I hear nice. you there laughing. But I did come out of a, as a butch because I was coming out of a marriage. And I thought, so much pussy, so little time. So I just did not, I just did not want to be dressing up for you. I didn't oh want to God. cook for you. I had already done that stuff for the man and it was boring. So I wanted to be a butch. Um, and I figured I could, I had the costumes. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I got them at Toys R Us, but I had the costumes, <laughs> you know, the fake tie. Yeah. The little, I put a little fake mustache <laughs> and I kind of drew some sideburns and oh, I had my hair, no. not too different than today. I had a pompadour, you know, and a yeah. I, you know, and I got my swagger walk on and everything, and I was fooling no one. I was fooling mm. no one. I was a really bad butch. I just have to tell you, I, I, I would ask the woman out uh, for dinner and then forget to pay. Mm. And, uh, and and uh, <laughs> and I, I just, uh, I never opened the car door. I'd be inside, you know, motioning for her to get in, you know, and so I had like no swagger. I had no swagger and, oh and, God. and I was never on the bottom. So I wasn't a good butch, but anyway, but now since we bonded, you know, and people always want to know what's the thing people always want to know about lesbians. What do lesbians do? They just can't, they can't imagine. And, and, you know, and we don't want to tell them we crochet. We don't want to tell them <laughs> that, you know, we're basically, you know, watching when net, we invented Netflix and chill. Okay. We don't want to tell them that. We want them to think that we're just, you know, you know, like pussy hungry, you know, like we just, that every other. So I've just been advising people to just use the P word more, you know, so that people will really, you know, feel jealous, you know, because, uh, you know, straight women have no problem telling you, well, I'm sorry, I'm dickalicious. I, you know, I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all for the dick stick. They have no problem telling you that stuff. So we just need to come out a little bit more off. What were you doing? Well, I was, you know, eating her pussy, but I just like to take this call. <laughs> Uh, you know, where are you going later? I'm going to the movies to watch uh, some women eat pussy. And, uh, and you know, uh, what, what, are you, what are you doing by myself while well, I was stroking my pussy? But, you know, I, so if you just start using that as often as possible, you know, it'll, it'll bite right through all that queer shit. People that don't know how to, what to call themselves or whatever, they'll just be saying, you know, pussy will just start flying out of their mouth. They won't even know. They won't even know. They won't even take a moment to really think about what am I saying? They'll just, they'll just say, and then they'll get mad. Karen, why are you always talking about pussy? Well, because I can't eat yours right now. I'm busy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, you just have to just inundate the people with just, and then they'll just start thinking. And then the straight women will start getting really uptight. Like, why do you always have to talk about pussy? It's like people, you know, that, 
that are so God conscious. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like they mean well. I'm a Buddhist. You know, we let our guys sit down. But anyway, <laughs> I, you know, when people, you know, I'm I'm going down on you, and you're thanking the Lord and Jesus. Okay, mm. but I, it's my neck that hurts. It's my neck <laughs> that hurts. So I want you to be shouting. Oh, Karen. Oh, Karen. Not old Jesus, not old Lord. I'm tired of them getting the credit. Okay. I'm the one that has to take an a leave after the, after. I'm the one that needs the neck massage after. Okay. So thank me. All right. That's, these are, these are rudimentary things about being a lesbian. I don't know why we don't share more of this stuff. Especially with the younger women. Do we say, oh, the younger women are so confused? Not if we weren't confused. Mm. Okay? They would not be confused. They're confused because they we don't look like we're having fun. We never we, we don't go. I, I I suggest that we start making masks that double as bibs. We need we need mask bibs. We need we need masks and bibs combined. Because we're always drooling, because we're always talking about eating and thinking pussy. That would cut right through all of that stuff about, am I gay? Am I not? Am I queer? What should I call myself? A pussy. Pussy. Let's take it back. Let's take it back. The men are out there, you fucking pussy. You're nothing but a pussy. Where's all this pussy? I want to know where the pussy is. The next time a guy says he's nothing but a pussy, I'm going to run over there and see that guy. Where's your pussy? I want to see your pussy. I don't want to take back the word queer. I want to take back the word pussy. It's a very useful word. I don't know why we let these guys, oh, he's nothing but a pussy. What? He has a pussy? I'd love to see a guy with a pussy. No, really. I mean, I'm not particular. If that would make me queer, so be it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If that would make, if that's what would make that happen. So I'm re-embracing, you know, the word, as you can tell, pussy, all of you really enjoyed that. But otherwise we look too antiseptic. Our movement has just gotten dry as toast, Mm. dry as toast. We're always talking about issues. We're all, everybody, all the lesbians are all upset about the president. I don't even know who's president because I'm drowning in pussy. I just, I don't, who's, who is the president? Is, 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 is Obama still in office? Is Obama still in? Is Obama still in office? Because I really, is he still there? Because he, he and Michelle look like they know what pussy is. Okay. <laughs> we love you, Auntie. Thank you. Thank you. Oh Again, my gosh. that was the one and only Karen Williams. <laughs> I, I had notes here. I didn't read any of my notes. I just, <laughs> I said there is so much pussy here on the auntie show. I need to acknowledge it. Thank you all. Thank you all very much. Oh my God. Thank thank you, Karen. Oh, thank you so much. Um, 
Oh my God. I feel like I went to my own pussy revival. I feel like <laughs> I sent my girlfriend home. I'm going to have to call her up and okay. tell her to come back over. Come on. I'm going to pussy church music. Really? Next time I need music. I need to do that. You can tell I don't care about the secular world. I still got an iPhone 5. Oh. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> First of all, I love that that joke was like, we, we allow our God to sit <laughs> <laughs> oh, all the Buddhas in the house is like, oh, it has to do with imagery, okay? I'm saying, I'm saying. No, I'm not. I was not passing on that imagery to my sons. It was not possible. Exactly. Enough. Buddhas are laughing. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is a Buddha. Yeah. The laughing Buddha. Not like. Anyway, okay, so, so I don't want to offend somebody's feelings. So. We can't but, offend the people. <laughs> well, this is we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next section of the show. We're gonna okay. ride on this wave of laughter. Yes. Not to say we're gonna laugh into life, honey, but we're gonna read a letter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's your letter. Hey! Aunties. Bobo checking back in. Remember Bobo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll let my friend go to just be my friend. We're close. Okay, she's giving us an update that she let her, you know, the girl. She, anyway, so her, her question is, how important is matching energy in a relationship? I'm at the beginning of dating a new person. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's into her own things. But I feel like I'm a Looney Tunes character of energy compared to her Bob Ross mellow vibes. Right now I'm feeling it, who doesn't like Bob Ross in his happy trees, but I've been here before. Maybe this is a boon or not a pitfall. Is this, I don't know what a boon is, but maybe this is a boon and not a pitfall. A boon um, is like an advantage. Okay, okay, I assume that I never, I never heard it referred <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. Alright, so maybe this is an advantage or, or, or maybe a pitfall, right? So, um, has COVID made me into a new person? What's your take on this? Where's the COVID coming from, Bobo? Anyway, <laughs> basically she's dating this new chick and she's mad hyper and energy, but her new chick is mad cool vibes and it seems to be throwing her off a little bit. So maybe mm. we can help well, uh, I hope you listened to the previous segment. Uh, it's more important that your pussies match <laughs> than your energy. I think you're focused on the wrong thing. You have to tweak it until the pussies match. You're, you're too focused on energy. Too focused. But if she's like an energetic pussy and the other one is a low energy pussy, they might not be able, they might not be able to match with each other. No, they have to take their time. Mm. Even the even the most even the most high energy hyper hyper person mm. calms the fuck down when the pussy's being eaten correctly. <laughs> And if not, you may have another problem, Bobo. And 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 I and I use correctly lightly because it really doesn't matter. Mm. What I perceive here, Bobo, is that you're being too external. Mm. 
Mm. You need to be internal and ask for what you want. If she's that calm, you can take your time. Mm. And sometimes, you know, Bobo, uh, sometimes when you're, I mean, they say opposites attract, that's all good and well, but when you find yourself in a relationship and you're like, well, why isn't she as energetic as me? Or you feel like you can't get in a rhythm, maybe and Karen is kind of heading to this, maybe you need to take a deep breath that maybe her energy is like showing you an energy you should maybe explore a little bit to add into your energy pool. So maybe you need a little bit of Bob Ross <laughs> in your, in your or life. May, or maybe you don't, and that's okay too. And that's okay I mean, too. sometimes you can have romper room in your bedroom. Y'all just playing and romping around and there's no energy. I don't really like the lower energy kind of people that much because mm-hmm. I'm pretty high energy. But what I've learned to do is just have a lot of pussy around me. <laughs> so explore your options, Bobo. Explore well, your and options. And you know, all, pu- all, pussy, all pussy is not about the act itself. It's a word. Right now there's four pussies right here. And we're flowing energetically. Yeah. You know, no one's being dominant. No one's, you know, getting more attention than the other. We're learning. That's the energy. Mm -hmm. That's what people don't understand. Our pussy is our core. And the energy flows from, when the energy flows from there, it's different energy. You're worried about her mind. And what appears to be you're, you're nervous and anxious and hyper and all of that. Really sit with that person and feel her kundalini energy. <laughs> and really come from the core rather than your head. Because even your heart can deceive you. Yeah. But yeah. you can't fake your core energy. And to Bobo... Um might be coming from some frantic energy from this last situation anyway Mm -hmm. not really sure if the interest was being reciprocated so now you have new boo new boo is reciprocating your energy and so you like all right let's go let's go let's go let's do it all like everything i was trying to do last time that i couldn't get done And Boo, Boo needs to relax and <laughs> disco- rediscover her own pussy energy. Mm. Whenever I'm going through periods where I'm in between, you know, a relationship or I've gone through something that made me doubt myself or I'm not into that real self-loving mode, that's a time when I masturbate and really get into how am I loving myself? How am I feeling about myself? Mm. Instead of going out there and getting some new energy that then now I got to figure out their energy. It's more important that I understand my energy. What is it that I really want? What kind of connection am I really trying to make? Wait a minute, Karen, you are dropping gems Mm -hmm. because my 40-something-year-old ass like, ooh, I've never thought of that. Oh, now, you have to check in with I, yourself. Yeah, but but check in with yourself in this particular way. Because we, we've said on the show before, okay, you've broken up with someone. This is a time for you to reassess, you know, how that break up your part in it. And you mm-hmm. don't want to bring that same shit to, to, the, to the next relationship. And mm-hmm. we talk about different ways of doing that. But hallelujah for you saying... 
that sometimes you need to masturbate your way to reconnect with yourself. Like, with what yourself. do I like? What are the, you know, let me experience this joy or empower oneself and giving oneself joy, even though yes. maybe someone broke your, broke your heart or did whatever else to you and you feel, right. you know, that to really use self-love, which we've talked That's about right. a lot on the show, yeah. to, to process loss. Yes. Yes. Or even to process truth, mm. to process change. Mm. We're all uncomfortable right now with the changes that we have. We're isolated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it brings you in touch with yourself in a different way. But why not pleasure yourself mm-hmm. and then be able to approach your life from a satisfied space rather than yes. always from a space of lack? Yes. Well, we move from Ooh, lack so much and you... So that means now you, I'm looking at you for what you can give me rather than me being satisfied and being able to take you in and maybe even in, in that, what did I say? Appreciative way. <laughs> that appreciative activism. Activism. <laughs> uh, you know, give you some love. How about that for a notion? Ooh. Instead of always being concerned about how I'm doing and what I'm not getting and. When I'm satisfied, then I and I'm aware I can look at you and see, oh wow, that sister needs her head rubbed. Mm. That sister needs her shoulders. Wow, look at her. Her shoulders are up in her ears. Let me help her relax. Yeah. You know? Yes. Rub her back. Smooth her hips. Where she's walking kind of funny. Mm. But if I'm coming to you just with what I want, I don't see none of you. I don't see you. Boo-boo is in boo-boo. That's part of it. But if you're going to be in boo-boo, then be in boo-boo. You know what I'm saying? What is it? Boo-boo, bobo, bobo, bobo. So once, once again, Bobo, I think what your aunt is telling you is um, that, and I think we told you something similar Last time, minus the <laughs> self-love aspect of it, we're going yes. to add that one on there, that you need to rein it in, be with oneself, obviously yes. check in with yourself, what do I need? If That's Bob true. Ross is not what you want or need, or you don't know how to navigate it's okay. it, then oh well. That's right. Then oh well, it's okay to draw a tree and keep it moving. Okay. We spend a <laughs> lot of time trying to make people be yeah. who we want them to be. Mm. And boy, oh boy, I did it for so many years and it's exhausting. You know, Mm. it means that you are not in full acceptance of yourself. Mm -hmm. And and, and I think that the the possibility for love really is diminished by, you know, the constancy of us looking outside of ourselves. Mm. And what is it that I really want from you? Again, we have a chance. You know, what does she want from this person? Mm-hmm. What does she want for her? What does she want for herself? For herself. You know, because you really can't assess what someone else can give you unless you are clear on what you can give yourself. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be looking for someone else to, to fill in all those holes. Oh, it's too much. Even the holes you don't know that's there, you know? And you end up chasing. You end up coming back with the same issues. You don't really grow. What I loved about your song choice with Stephanie Gale is, is it made me think of Rochelle Donegan, who teaches uh, yoga 
in Oakland and she's been on Olivia trips and she does yoga just for butchers. Mm. And when and the butchers just I mean, there's barely room in there. Wow. And because so many butch women are not in touch with their bodies. And so the yoga, she has them doing yoga. They're laughing. They're crying. They're in touch with their bodies. And so I love the line where Stephanie was saying about it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. I think all of us live in this mythology of the super black woman. And we don't let ourselves be vulnerable. I Years ago, somebody said to me, I was in my 20s, said, I can't wait until you're soft and vulnerable. And I said, never. Mm. That was my response. And last week in class, I let myself be vulnerable. And I saw the professors like dabbing their eyes. The students were nodding. It took me so long to let myself be vulnerable because I grew up in that myth of the black superwoman. Yes. Yes. And we've all got it. And by the time you, you're a butch, oh, good grief. Can an emotion come through? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's real. That's real. That's real. Uh, because, you know, masculinity, we are still defining that for ourselves and owning that, you know, um, masculinity um, in in a, a female body or masculinity in a queer body. Um we're still, for a lot of us, are still referencing how men see themselves, how men have taught them. And it's like, I ain't no motherfucking man. No, I, I wish I, we were yeah. far away from that. Yeah, I know. And in time, and, 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 and I do appreciate that this younger generation, they are, more of them are understanding that than, say, my generation or your generation, Karen. Oh, yeah, my but generation still, didn't get it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but still, that problem exists. Mm. Well, a lot of young um, women identified masculine women really do not have a vocabulary, do not have a practice of being with their bodies and their bodies being with other mm-hmm. people. And that being a connection to their overall expression and presence mm-hmm. in the world. And that is not some sort of Xerox copy of some antiquated, mm-hmm. some spinoff de- deviation of, of manhood that don't that mm-hmm. never serve, not a nigga nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I say, it's like, I don't need you to lift my refrigerator, nigga. Oh, I'll call you when I need my refrigerator lifted. Oh, I can just call a couple of dykes and they'll lift the fridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I love what you're saying here, that it is, it is a constant assertion in my life, you know, to fully express myself and what that means. What does mm-hmm. it mean to fully express myself? On stage is one thing, but mm-hmm. in, on, on day-to-day, and stand in what God gave me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of its beauty, and let me, and, and, mm-hmm. and understand and, and 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 begin to see how that beauty can be recognized. I know I'm mm-hmm. learning how to hold myself. That you, mm-hmm. if if you don't like me, you can't deny me. If you're mm-hmm. curious, you're gonna love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, so important. and it's possible. It's possible. It's uh, possible to to allow yourself to. Give free reign. First of all, we have to give ourselves permission. Mm. I think that's the challenge is to give yourself permission to be 1,000% you. Mm. When, when, when I, I, just, I just really feel that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter 
how others perceive you. It really matters. The traveling alone, I've been on the road 32 years. Mm-hmm. I found out who I am. Yeah. And and because I was alone in those hotel rooms, long yes. after the people clap, yeah. you're in there by yourself and you can see how people turn to drugs and alcohol and yeah. strangers on the road. You can see because there's something so, such a drop from being so high to then being oh. there with yourself that you almost don't know how to be in there by yourself. Yeah, yeah. But I, I did silly stuff. I took my recorder with me. I took my, uh, I had a, a, a stuffed animal that was on the road with me for 25 years. I took <laughs> crocheting. I took crossword puzzles. I mean, mm. I took books. I learned to go in and be happy with myself. Yeah. And 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 to surround myself with my family of choice. So sometimes when I go to certain cities and I I stopped coming out of the hotel, just staying in the hotel and like going to a friend's house for dinner and yeah. letting myself be with people over time, but it took a long time. But I understand it and I found out who I am. Not on stage. People were impressed with that. How do you tell people jokes? How do you stand on stage? I would say, because that wasn't my hardest job. Mm. My hardest job was raising my two sons and being with myself. Once that curtain went down, once those lights were off, once no people were no longer clapping or whispering, is that Karen Williams? Is that Karen Williams? Who is Karen Williams? Mm -hmm. When I'm in the hotel room and it's only 8 o'clock or... 10 o'clock and I'm now wired for sound and what am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. Oh, you know, oh. it's always going to say like, you know, who was Karen Williams? Who was Anifa Walida? Who was Red Summers? Like, we, yes. we are, who are you as far as the name? What does that name mean to you outside when it's just you? Not even the people who gave you the name is in the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, who mm-hmm. is this person? How do we mm-hmm. feel those letters? What does that mm-hmm. mean? You know, because, I mean, I had to leave, you know, mm-hmm. screen for a minute because mm-hmm. that going from a high to mm-hmm. absolute dead silence, oh. that that wrecks a bitch. Oh. That will wreck you. And, and like, you're right, I had to, once you, I mean, after you've been traveling a while, you find people on different ports and you have to right. learn to let me go to so-and-so's house, you know, so, yes. you know, you can still get that, that love or whatever, or at least take my ass to bed. But you're right, it's, 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 that's how a lot of people turn to I'm drugs. no big deal to my yeah. friends. Yeah, exactly. I'm no exactly. big deal yeah. to my friends. And I don't want they, they make, they make yeah. me laugh. Yes. My nice. girlfriend has yes. met some of my friends and she's like, damn. You don't got to be on. I don't have to be on. They're entertaining me or just their personalities are so live that I'm quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see what you I mean? I'm not quiet. the Right. Yes. I'm yes. not, I'm not the center of attraction. I'm not the center of attention. I don't need that. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's really humbling. And a lot of that I did learn at those festivals and stuff. The, the, to me, it took me a while to realize just how star-studded a lot of these women's festivals are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So All of have, us there together. We have uh, one more thing that we... Well, one more segment of the show that we want to make sure that we squeeze in because I want to know what you have to say for our one question 
of the day. Okay. <laughs> so um, what we do is our listeners send us one adulting question that they want to know, like, just what should they do about this thing? Right. Uh-huh. And so um, our question comes from Rose Gold Glasses. Understood. So what, what? Just one second. So Bobo's Bobo's okay. Bobo's good. Bobo's Thank okay. you, Bobo. Thank you, Bobo. <laughs> for your letter. Namaste, Bobo. <laughs> we love, yeah, we love letters, and thank you all for for helping. Bobo and if you want to, of course, situation. if you guys want to send us a letter anytime, you know where we at. We're at your gay aunties at gmail.com. You can DM us at your gay aunties on Instagram. Love it. Yes. Love so, Bobo. Uh, Rose Gold Glasses says, "My potential lifetime." partner is coping poorly with a recent tragedy that is turning her behavior into a deal breaker mm-hmm. should i leave or stay hmm. now i she she dm'd us uh this question and i just asked for a little bit more clarity as far as the behavior so she's saying her, her partner um uh has been you know drinking and drugging and just being you know a little self-destructive um but um as a result of this tragedy as a a result of this uh tragedy Mm -hmm. um but she also um says that she this is this i think is important to understand she's like um she's this is how she describes this she's like think of a couple that's been together for years already like three to five and they are making life decisions, house, baby, marriage, that kind of thing. And then a sudden tragedy event just throws one partner out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's asking whether she should uh, stay or leave. Mm-hmm. That is not the question she should yes, be asking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I, I think that the question you should be asking is how do you define lifetime partner for you mm-hmm. and what you're willing to give mm-hmm. and what you're willing to take? Um, and if that answer is, I am not good with people with addiction, then say that to yourself and say that, well, you know, regardless of whatever conversations you had, this in your lifetime now, this is what your partner's going through. And if you can't handle it, you need to allow her the space to someone else to handle it because there's nothing worse than going through shit and your partner cannot support you. The other part is with humility Mm -hmm. there, but for the grace of Mm -hmm. go I. Yeah. I don't know how I would spy. I am a recovering. I'm a recovering mm-hmm. person. If if I got a call right now that my one of my something happened to one of my children or my grandchildren, I don't know how I would respond. That's just my truth. I would mm-hmm. like to think that I would honor myself enough to be able to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. But I had a situation where, you know, a very close person in my life discovered something had happened to her child and she slipped. And I, I, I just don't have, I understand sometimes when we're staking our lives on someone else that it can be disappointing to see how someone responds, but I don't know that we can judge that. I just don't know that we can. And uh, I would do my very best, me personally, to stay stay as strong, be as supportive, to model behavior, 
and give the person space and time to grieve. We are not a society that allows people to grieve. Your mother dies tomorrow. You get two days off from work. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we're not good with grief at all. We, we, we think grief is like Nike. Just do it. It's mm. not. It's not. Mm. It's not. My, brother, my brother's been gone 20 years, and I cleaned through a drawer recently and saw postcards he had sent me with his scrawled chicken scratch handwriting, and I sat on the floor and wept. He's been gone 20 years. I don't, I don't have those expectations about myself, and hopefully I will not have them about you. Now, you can set boundaries maybe and some boundaries around, mm. you know, please don't drink here or please don't use here or, you know, um, um, please be mindful of money, or, you know. Uh, you can set soft boundaries, I would call them. And maybe the person needs to be somewhere else even. Do it with love. Like deep, deep, unconditional love. Um, I, I might have to just say, um, and it's something that's been bothering me. I didn't quite read it, but there's just a line here where she refers to uh, her partner, oh, she's going through tough times, i.e. death in the family or something. It's just a little this side of dismissive. And, and that's why I'm I'm uh, questioning your ability to be this idea of a life partner mm, because mm. It, a life partner is that means you have to go through life or the right. loss thereof <laughs> together, <laughs> together. And if you haven't gone to the point where you've un, you don't know what that looks like, or you're not you don't have the bravery or the courage in your life right now to dive into that with your partner and truly grow because it could be a gift. You two going through this together, you supporting, she knows, okay, my, my girl got my back on some, when this kind of shit happens to me, how can I have her back in return? Like, this is a, this is a, we say this all the time, it's like, everything that just sh shit at you or shot at you or thrown at you in life, that is a gift in the making. If you say, okay, this don't feel good, but I am empowered to get on the other side of this. You know, and having a partner is wonderful if you actually have one. And I'm mm -hmm. sorry, honey, but you got to ask yourself if you actually are the right partner for your partner in this mm -hmm. time in her life. And maybe you need to do some growing. That's say you got to break up or nothing. But knowing mm -hmm. that this ain't about you just waiting on sideways for her to get It's not about crying. her at all. Yeah, exactly. Who are you beyond this? When she's, when she's healed, whatever her loss is, who still, who are you going to be? Because shit's still going to happen. Because what? Life happens. <laughs> it's life it's not everything the Dr. Phil show we, everything is cleanly worked out people fall over that, that, you know, we, you, now you're finding out about your partner she has maybe a weakness that when life throws her uppercut she may lean towards this how can you support her now so if this happens again that's not a choice that she has my that's not partner stuck with me through a, 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 a very different kind of a slip mm. I went, I got outside help, I saw a therapist. It was tough on her, but mm. she, she was there to support me. And because of her support, it made me want to get through that even more quickly. Mm. Because I did not want to, I valued the relationship, so I did not want to uh, destroy it. Mm. But if you're with someone that you know has as many people do addiction issues 
Sometimes it's just a matter of a catalyst. And so that person is suffering, but they can't take care of what they're going through and you too. So that's why you're in partnership mm. to help each other. If when you just expect that person to be strong on her own, then what's, where, why are you even there? When is, um, I, don't, I'm, I guess I'm trying to struggle with forming the question of like, when is too long? <laughs> like when is it that you recognize that your partner is not finishing the grieving process they are staying no in it finish. they're no staying finish. in it and yeah. sitting in it and they're not moving to any place where they or you can be healthy in that environment I think that's subjective. I mean, I, I think, and again, it has nothing to do with the partner. She needs mm-hmm. to figure out, like you're, you're suggesting, what is her line that she, and I think it's about how is she being treated? Okay, how much is her, can I take or avert or kind of, you know, put back into her face in context or it can be, or I'm tired or, I, or I'm or i alone in this. Like, do you have support outside of just you too? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, so that is like a, a day-to-day thing you may have to ask yourself. It's a practice in supporting partners. I've been with partners that had a deep, really grievely, and I was young, so I didn't understand this level of grief. I didn't understand it. And so sometimes when I didn't know what to do, I just stayed in the cut and, and just allowed them to wail through the house and deal with that uncomfortable. What I what 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 I was uncomfortable with, not her. Yeah. I was uncomfortable with that level of grief. But Red Summer, you ha- and Red Summer, you have a legitimate concern, and I want to just say that's why you get outside help. Yes, there are groups. There's Al-Anon. Al-Anon is beautiful for teaching. Any of the, any, anybody who's the partner, the friend, the family member of people that, that deal with addiction, mm. mm-hmm. you go and you learn how to stay focused on your life yeah. and allow that person to, the space to come to their own realization. It is totally lacking in faith to believe that we have the power to determine how somebody else should breathe grieve, live, or be. We don't have that power. We only have the power. And with deep kindness, when you, when you are with people, they don't, you don't withdraw the help. Maybe you draw Mm. the bath. Maybe you make the special meal. Mm. And, and as a Buddhist, this is what we say. Sometimes the Buddha just sits with people. Yes. I'm trying to get at Yes, just just just, to, just, just being there is enough sometimes because you're sitting by the person says, I know I can't help you mm-hmm. and I am here with you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all we need to yes, know. Yes, yes. Then you can take away my potential lifetime part partner. Mm. Shit, the man in the grocery store could be your potential <laughs> lifetime partner. I could be your potential lifetime partner, but what really matters is who's sitting there with you. Mm -hmm. That's your partner at that time. What were you saying, Kiara? 
But for me, it's this, this whole question is just to me showing that maybe this is not the person that you need to be with because you wouldn't be asking this question at all. Like, I feel like I've been, I've definitely, I'm only 25, but I've definitely been in a relationship before where I see all of that grieving going on. And like, I had, I just want to be real transparent real quick. I had um, a relationship before where I was with someone who was still dealing with trauma from like childhood trauma, like molestation, stuff like that and not being able to work through it. And we would be good until alcohol came into play and then it would get real, you know, real, real crazy. The thing with that is, is me being so young, I was not ready to deal with that stuff. That wasn't somebody I wanted to be with forever. But now that I'm, you know, getting older, if I came across something like that again, and I'm with someone who I know I, I think this is the person I want to be with for a long time, then, yeah, you're going to sit with that and you're going to say, hey, I'm here to support. I'm here to, you know, be in your corner and you're going to be a little bit more patient. But if you're asking a question like this where you're using words like potential and you're asking, should mm -hmm. I leave or should I stay, then maybe you don't need to be in this relationship mm -hmm. and you need true. to start looking at, you know, what what's important to you like you guys already kind of talked about it but just start looking at you know how you want to live your life and what is important to you right now and maybe mm -hmm. being in a long-term relationship is not it and i think a lot of people we think that at a certain you know point in our lives okay i need to start settling down and looking for this person maybe it's not time for you to settle down yet maybe you yeah. still have some growing to do and being in a relationship is not the thing that you need to be focused on right now you just need to be it with sounds yourself. like they're guilty they feel like if yeah. i left if I left while you're in crisis, mm. then that mm. shines on me. Mm. And, and, but it's done all the time. Yeah. And sometimes it's what needs to be done because mm. maybe that person needs more space than you're willing to give them. Exactly. It sounds yeah. like she, she, she's asking permission to, to yes. leave the relationship. Absolutely. Yes. You know, um, and, and if that is what you're doing, then you need to make that decision and you That's need right. to make yeah. that move as lovingly as, as, as possible. Right. And maybe you can be there for your partner in some sort of friend capacity, something that you can yes. both manage. Yes. That's right. And yes. if, or yes. she just may be hurt by you leaving her and you just got to just cut your, just cut it loose and let her and take care of her life and her loss. And you're comp. That may also be what she needs. You may have to step away and just that's give her right. that time yeah. and be like, okay. And that may be a wake up call. Like, oh, I just lost I, this person yeah, that's I been am. with yeah, me. We can wallow right. if someone lets us wallow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people you need know, to hit that ground and be like, couple, oh. I know a couple that went through this and the woman even complained to me. She just won't get over it. You know, she just, I lost my sister and I, I didn't want to compare the sister to the mother. So I listened to both sides. They actually split up. Today, they're married and living in a new house they bought. Yeah. yeah. So we just don't know. We just don't well, know. Well, you know? thank you so much, Rose Gold Glasses, for sending us your one question. We appreciate you. I hope that you were able to get some good uh, feedback and advice from us, from from Kiera as the, the youth voice and our auntie Karen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we just appreciate you all and this does not work without your questions without your letters so we appreciate your participation uh, in this Karen thank you so much for being here with us today we just thank love you, you love totally you love you pleasure. really quickly anything you want to promote really quickly let the people know oh, what's going I, on next Sunday I'm having a reunion of my joyful jams and laughs it's going to be uh, uh, well how do I do it on zoom 
and I I can send you I sent you the advertisement so maybe you can we'll share promote it, with it your here people. on your gay aunties yeah. definitely so we'll, next Sunday at uh, six o'clock Eastern three p.m. Pacific virtually I assume yeah um, <laughs> so we'll definitely we'll definitely put all of that in the show notes also okay. um, we're interested in supporting um, artists supporting our comedians. Um, supporting our aunties. Um, we'll also put uh, Karen Williams, Venmo, and all of her tip jar uh, stuff Definitely. up here Thank on the screen you. and in the show notes. Um, so we, we also appreciate that. Thank you. And y'all know where to reach us for the letters and all the good things. You want to reach out to your aunties, uh, reach, us out, reach out to us at yourgayaunties at gmail.com um, or your gay aunties um, Instagram, Facebook, all the internet things that we exist. <laughs> yes. And with that, I am Red Summer. And I am Hanifa Walida. I'm Kier Sheree. I'm Karen Williams. And, and we, we are, are your gay, gay aunties. aunties. <laughs> All right, baby. Bye, baby. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>